Hi, I'm Mike Sibley. And I'm Carrie Boynton. We're the leaders of the James Moore Manufacturing Services team. While we're both accountants, we also have a passion for the work manufacturers do, so much that we've shaped our careers around it. One of the things we love about our jobs is meeting with our clients and touring their facilities to learn more about their operations. We want to help them connect operations to finance. And that's why we've launched More on Manufacturing, our monthly video and podcast series that premieres the first Tuesday of the month at noon. We love talking with you and finding new ways to help. In fact, some of our best ideas to serve the manufacturing industry come from these casual discussions. So we figured, why not continue the conversation? Check out our podcast page on Podbean and subscribe to our series on your favorite podcast platform. You can also watch our videos on the James Moore YouTube channel. Today, we're going to dive into tax planning strategies to consider before year end. As you know, 2020 isn't just any year. We had this, this little thing called a pandemic. And of course, that doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. But, you know, there's still uh, things that we can do. Uh, even though we're nearing your end to think about for these tax planning strategies. So now more than ever, we have to take advantage of whatever opportunities we can. And today we're going to talk through some of those opportunities. So Carrie, given the, the backdrop of uh, 2020 with all the fun people have had this year, it's been frustrating at times. We've had a lot of government in intervention uh, with the CARES Act. There's been other stimulus acts this year. And so just a lot of activity to talk about. Uh, but let's first jump in with the PVP. And, you know, from a backdrop standpoint, obviously the PVP came out as part of the CARES Act back in March. And they were these were loans that uh, these businesses were able to apply for based on payroll to help keep payroll. What we didn't really think at the time was there might be a possible impact on taxes. So, Carrie, can you talk us through a little bit about what, you know, our business owners need to be thinking and what are the consequences of the PPP this year for them? Absolutely. There's been a lot of talk about the PPP program this year, and there's been a lot of changes made with the program as well. So I think there's a lot of confusion in the business community about what the impact, if any, um, this might have on business owners when they go to file their tax returns. <clears throat> so, of course, the original intent of Congress was that the PPP money would not be taxable income. However, the way the IRS interpreted the law was this is going to be treated as a, as a tax-exempt grant. Mm -hmm. And in the IRS code, tax-exempt grant income is tax-exempt. Uh, tax However, the expenses um, that the money is used for are non-deductible. So what that means is all the payroll expenses that were used with this PPP money are not going to be deductible on the 2020 tax return. Another question that a lot of business owners have is, well, what if I don't get forgiveness in 2020 of my loan? Um, and to that, the IRS says, it really doesn't matter if you reasonably expect your loan to be forgiven, the expenses are gonna be non-deductible in the year that they're incurred. Yeah, so one of the things that then they have to think about is we're at the end of the year, we're doing our, typical tax planning going through that thought process. And so that means from a cash flow perspective, they've got to be planning on potentially the extra income from that. So for example, 
if somebody got a $100,000 PPP loan and they have taxable income otherwise of 100,000, now they're really looking at $200,000 of taxable income. Is that correct? That is correct. Yep. And I think that could be a huge surprise for a lot of business owners um, come April when they go to pay their 2020 taxes. And then, you know, the other thing uh, to think about is in April, you're not just looking at paying your 2020 tax bill. You're also, for most taxpayers, looking to pay your first quarter 2021 estimated tax payment. So making sure, you know, when I talk about tax planning, it's usually twofold. One is uh, looking at, okay, what is your actual situation in the tax year and given the current tax law? And what is that going to look like when we go to file your taxes so that you're aware of, um, you know, what that cash flows needs are going to be uh, to pay your 2020 taxes and as well, as well as your first quarter estimated tax payment. And then the other half of that is, okay, here's what it looks like. What can we do to mitigate that tax bill? So um, I think that's, you know, some of the things we're going to discuss today is how we can help to mitigate that tax bill given uh, the current tax law. Sure. And, and one thing to think about that, that we we are hopeful still that Congress will take this up. There was a bill in committee to correct this issue. It was the intent of Congress that this was a non-taxable situation. However, I think the IRS correctly applied the existing law to a grant. And so that's that's where we stand. So when we get into the first quarter of next year and businesses are looking to file their taxes, we may need to see what the flavor in Congress is about forgiving this. So there's there's still more to come on that. Right now, as Carrie mentioned, we're still going to have to unfortunately plan for the extra taxes that are associated with that. But the CARES Act though, even though we've got that issue, the CARES Act did come out with some other provisions in it that still could provide some benefits for uh, you know, manufacturers and other businesses, correct? Yes, absolutely. So. One small benefit is um, an actually above the line charitable deduction. So most people are used to itemizing their charitable deductions. Um, and this, the CARES Act actually allows for $300 of an above the line deduction, um, even if you can't itemize. So even if you're taking the, the larger standard deduction, you can still take up to $300 of cash charitable contributions made during 2020. Um, something else that some people aren't aware of are those stimulus payments that went out earlier in 2020 were actually a prepayment of a refundable 2020 tax credit. So for people who may have been above the income threshold on their 2019 tax return and did not get that stimulus payment, if your income is down in 2020, it's possible you could actually get that when you go to file your 2020 taxes. And then um, something else uh, little known is actually the IRS did man or uh, Congress did manage to legislatively fix an issue from the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which had to do with qualified um, improvement property. And basically what this was is if you made uh, leasehold improvements to your building or improvements to your building that were interior improvements, non-structural, then under the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, the intention was you would be able to to take 100% bonus depreciation on those improvements. However, the way the law was written um, actually precluded those um, improvements or, or those business owners from being able to take that bonus depreciation. So as a part of the CARES Act, um, Congress did correct that. And now um, businesses who um, you know, made those improvements in 2020 
would actually be able to take 100% bonus on their 2020 tax return. And also you could look back to if you made those improvements in 2018 or 2019, but you filed your tax return prior to the CARES Act, you can actually look at going back and getting that tax benefit. Okay, so you can go back on that. Well, and that brings up another topic then, you know, we, we've been able to help some clients take care of these NOL carrybacks as well. So, uh, which have been something that went away in the 2018 tax law, but now with everything that happened, this is back. And so maybe you can touch on that because given this year, I know some companies have still performed very well uh, throughout this, uh, fortunately. Um, but we're also, we're also worried about what's going to happen in the first quarter of next year. We are starting to see, in some cases, some of the backlog dry up. Uh, we, we've had clients mentioning that projects are decreasing. And that makes you worry about, okay, what's the first quarter going to look like? What's, what's the first half of next year going to look like? And that gets into, okay, how do we generate cash flow? Who knows what, you know, if there's going to be another round of stimulus or PPP or anything like that. So this NOL, if there's operating losses created this year, or maybe even if you had some last year, we may have some opportunities now. Yes, absolutely. So basically the theme of the CARES Act was how do we get cash into American hands? How do we, how do we get people through this pandemic um, and this economic downturn? So one of the ways that Congress tried to do that was by um, allowing uh, taxpayers to carry back their net operating losses five years. So what does that mean? If you end up with an overall loss for 2020 on your personal tax return, then you can actually look back to whether or not you paid significant tax in, back in 2015. And does it make sense to carry back those losses to 2015, get a refund? For some taxpayers, they might actually be able to carry back even further, meaning you can carry back to 2015. Any loss um, remaining, you can carry back to 16 then 17, then 18, and then 19. Okay, that's a tremendous, that's a pretty tremendous opportunity, uh, depending on what those previous years look like. So that may be, uh, so when we're talking to you and asking you these questions about, hey, what does 2015 look like? Well, that's where we're trying to see if there's there's some ways to maximize. And, and of course, you did mention bonus depreciation on qualified improvements and even on equipment and things like that. So that's that's still out there right now. If I if I do those purchases and I create a loss because of this bonus depreciation, does that count towards this? Absolutely, absolutely. So you can have you can create a loss with uh, bonus depreciation, which then once it flows through to your personal return, you could potentially carry that back if it benefits you. Okay, so if I'm if I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, okay, I, I've, I've I'm I'm approaching the end of this year. And so that means our planning opportunities are starting to dwindle, but I can still purchase some equipment and get it in service um, and maybe generate some of these losses then. Yep, absolutely. And the other thing to remember about this, because some people might be saying, well, what if I wanna carry that loss forward and I don't wanna carry it back? You absolutely have the option to carry those losses forward. But remember the tax brackets back in 2015 were much, less favorable to taxpayers than they are currently. That being said, again, who knows what's gonna happen with tax law in the next few years. Um, I don't think any of us have our crystal balls working quite mm -hmm. properly right now. <laughs> nope, I keep <laughs> saying I'm using the magic eight ball and not the crystal ball because that seems to be just as good. Uh, and, and you do bring up an important point that a lot of clients are asking about. Uh, certainly 
with the election going on, there could be changes. We don't know what's going to happen in the in the Senate. If the Senate does stay, we do anticipate more staff, you know, just staying the same for now. Uh, if it does, if, if what happens in Georgia changes over, then we could be looking at new tax policy. Uh, so it, unfortunately, we're in an uncomfortable position of saying we just don't know, you know, what next year will look like until we can understand those. So uh, without getting too much into politics, that is the fact of the matter at this point. But let's think about, OK, so we know we can go and purchase some equipment uh, and get that in service. Uh, we know that we've got some new opportunities with the. Uh, this improvement property, this qualified improvement property that was a little bit limited before. Unfortunately, we know we're going to pick up this this hit from the PPP. Uh, so, you know, some other things that might be out there is, and, and we've covered this in in pretty good detail on in our in our uh, blogs in the past. You can go to jmco.com under manufacturing and see some of this. But you know, with with a cruel basis, taxpayers, most manufacturers have been. Uh, there might be some opportunities to. Uh, maybe switch to cash basis on a tax for tax purposes. Describe what might that might be for them. Absolutely. Um, and I always like to preface these conversations with there's no one size fits all opportunity for taxpayers. You really have to look at each individual situation separately to determine what makes the most sense for that specific taxpayer and their specific situation. But under the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, um, <clears throat> Small business taxpayers, which is average annual gross receipts of less than $26 million now, uh, you actually can choose whether or not you want to be accrual basis, cash basis, whether or not you want to record your inventory on your books. There's a lot of opportunities to look at changing your accounting method. And for some companies that maybe, you know, after going through this tough year, they've decided to actually scale back instead of growing their company. And maybe they can get under that income threshold now and you know would would be eligible to do some of this tax planning around potentially changing your accounting method so um, essentially what that would look like in terms of tax planning is looking at the relationship between your receivables and your payables and your inventory to to really determine you know can we can we get some significant tax savings from from switching your accounting method Okay, so on top of that, though, let's let's say that that method doesn't work, uh, and we still have to remain accrual basis. Uh, but prepaid expenses, on the other hand, so if you prepay, uh, mm-hmm. maybe it's health insurance or something like that. We do have some opportunities to change and, and not deduct it this year, even with accrual basis. Is that correct? Yeah, and there's some really interesting things that you can do with prepaid expenses. So as a cash basis taxpayer, you get to expense the um, item whenever you pay for it, whenever you, when the cash leaves the door. So for prepaid expense, you're going to get that duct- deduction when it's paid. So if you go ahead and prepay your rent or your insurance for 2021 in 2020 and you're a cash basis taxpayer, you're going to get that deduction on your 2020 tax return. Now, that being said, even if you're an accrual basis taxpayer, actually, there is an option to be able to deduct prepaid expenses. Um, if you have not been deducting prepaid expenses in the past in your accrual basis and you have significant prepaid expenses, you mm-hmm. can um, do what's called a change in accounting method to be able to deduct those expenses. Okay, so I mean, as hopefully everybody's been able to, to listen to Carrie go through this, there's a lot of different moving parts and pieces to 
tax planning, tax planning strategies, tax planning opportunities. Uh, and there's because every company is a little bit different, has a little different balance sheet and a different way of operating. There's no there's no one size fits all, as Carrie to, to quote Carrie from earlier. So it's it's really something that that everybody has to look at. But one of the other things I do think before we wrap up here that's really important is the R and D credit. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes I think we find that manufacturers are doing more R&D than they really give them credit, self-credit for. So maybe talk about that just a little bit. Sure. The R&D credit can be a huge benefit to the manufacturing industry, as well as many other industries. Um, but in terms of manufacturing, you know, it can lead to 6 to 8% of qualified expenses being a direct reduction of your income tax, not your taxable income, but your actual income tax, because a credit is dollar for dollar tax savings whereas a deduction is just a reduction of your overall income. So it can, it can definitely lead to huge savings. So, you know, if you're looking at improving your processes, improving a product, and, you know, creating a new product, if you're doing anything new in your company, definitely reach out to your CPA, reach out to us, and, you know, have that conversation to see if that may qualify for the R&D credit. Because normally what we're really looking at is, on the salaries, materials, you know, things like that, that go into this process. And just, I always like to give things perspective. So if I, if I can accumulate a hundred thousand dollars, let's just say of these qualified R and D expenses, we might be looking at somewhere between five and $8,000 of a net credit reduction in in taxes. So that's real tax savings that, that we can, um, you know, take advantage of, you, you know, when, you know, once we have, you know, get through the, the whole calculation of the taxes. So, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good thing. And, and a lot of times what I hear, and, and you probably heard the same thing is, well, you know, we're not really doing that much of it. Uh, but, and of course, then how do you quantify it? And so those are all things that we have to work through to understand. But I do think that manufacturers often understate, uh, you know, uh, what they might have. Um, just lastly, a couple of things in terms of these accrual basis uh, taxpayers, uh, you know, if they've got accounts receivable and inventory, you know, I think normally we want them to, you know, we will sometimes book reserves and things like that. That doesn't help us, does it? Nope. No, the IRS does not allow you to deduct an allowance. They want real true numbers. No, no guessing uh, games allowed with the IRS for the most part. So no, you can, you know, changing your allowance for doubtful accounts isn't going to affect your tax return. But actually looking through your AR and identifying truly uncollectible AR and writing that off as bad debt, that if you're an accrual basis taxpayer, that would result in a deduction on your tax return. Um, and, you know, you definitely want to look at your AR. You also want to look at your inventory to make sure, you know, you're writing off any obsolete inventory that's not serving any purpose of remaining on your balance sheet. Okay. And of course, if you're a cash basis taxpayer, on the other hand, I uh, you know, to the extent cash flow allows, you want to pay your bills, pay your payables before you get to the end of the year, get those deductions. And I often say, if you're going to make a payment run, a a payables run the first week, maybe the second week in January, and the cash flow will dictate, you know, pay them, pay them that last week of December because you get advantage of it, right? Absolutely. Um, Just don't make the mistake of prioritizing paying off your credit card before you pay down your payables. And the reason is, is because the IRS views credit card activity as if it's cash. 
So when you incur those credit card expenses, that's the year whenever you actually get to deduct them, not when the credit card is paid down. Whereas with accounts payable, if you're cash basis, you get to deduct those when you actually pay the bill, not whenever you accrue it. Okay, well, thank you, Carrie, very much for the overview on these, these tax opportunities that uh, these manufacturers can think about, take advantage of. I think now more than ever with you know, just the prospects of where the economy is, what things are happening out there with this, you know, this little pandemic that's out there generating cash and, and, and saving taxes that you can reinvest back into the business and to employees or whatever is the important things and for your business is, is critical. And thank you to our listeners for tuning into our series premiere of More on Manufacturing as we discuss the topics that impact your business the most. Make sure you subscribe to the series on your favorite podcast or by tuning into our YouTube channel so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you like what you've heard, we appreciate a review or a rating. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us too. If there's a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, or you'd like to join us even, please contact us through our website, jmco.com. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media for more news as the landscape on manufacturing continues to rapidly evolve. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll see you next month.